0: Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Thursday, June 11th. Today, we are going to be in the book of Jonah, a very short book, um, uh, one of the minor prophets. And if you're wondering where it is, I can solve that that problem easily for you. You'll find it right between Obadiah and Micah. There. Now it should be super easy to find. Um, Jonah is a little a little four chapter book that has um so many good um observations about human nature in it. Um if you'll allow me, um I uh and you will allow me because you're listening here. Um probably on two times Uh, But here, let me read the end of Jonah chapter four. So I'm going to read the way that the book ends and then uh, and then I'll recap a little bit of what's happening here. So we get a clear picture of what we can take and understand from uh, this, the ending of this book. Uh, So Jonah chapter four, um, we'll just start in verse three. And now, Jonah is saying to the Lord, And now, Lord, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. The Lord asked, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah left the city and found a place east of it, and he made himself a shelter there and sat in its shade to see what what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew over Jonah to provide shade for his head, to rescue him from his trouble. Jonah was greatly pleased with the plant. When dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant and it withered. As the sun was rising, God appointed a scorching east wind. The sun beat down on Jonah, on Jonah's head so much that he almost fainted and he wanted to die. He said, it's better for me to die than to live. Then God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Yes, it's right, he replied. I'm angry enough to die. So the Lord said, You cared about the plant, but you did not labor over and did not grow. It appeared in a night and perished in a night. But may I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and their left, as well as many animals. And that is the word of the Lord from Jonah, chapter 4. Um, a brief recap of the book of Jonah. Um, Jonah is the story of a a prophet of God. Um, one of the few prophets, I think this is correct, one of the few of the prophets who came from the northern kingdom. Uh, it's either that, the northern or the southern. I think it's from the northern kingdom. Um, anyway, Jonah... Um, was called of course to go to Nineveh to preach um, uh, to the city of Nineveh who is in a great amount of sin and evil to preach a message of them to repent and to turn to the Lord but Jonah did not want to do that and the book of Jonah reveals that Jonah's reasoning for not wanting to go to the city of Nineveh was because that um, the city of Nineveh were these evil Gentiles who had done great great harm to um, Jonah's people, uh, the Jewish people, people of Israel. So um, Jonah runs from the Lord and then he and, and then he has um, there's something that happens in chapter one that gives us a, a hint of Jonah's self-righteousness And that is in the first chapter in the chapter that we're, we are all most familiar with, you know being swallowed by the fish, etc. Um, but in that first chapter there's this little scene with uh, Jonah and these uh, pagan, Uh, Gentile sailors. And it is the Gentile sailors that actually get more right about the character of Jonah's God than Jonah gets right. He's unable to see it. Even though Jonah is the one that belongs to God's people, it is the pagan sailors that actually pay a higher level of respect To Jonah's God. So, in other words, what we're getting is the person who looks like the righteous person here is not the righteous person, and the people who look like the unrighteous people are not necessarily the unrighteous people in the way that in the easy categories that we like to make them. Okay. Now, fast forward to four. Jonah goes, or or chapter three. um, Jonah uh, eventually is spit up uh, by the fish at Nineveh. He indeed does preach repentance and faith. And indeed, the city of Nineveh responds from their leadership all the way down to their cattle, right? People are covered in sackcloth and ashes, and there is what the Lord wanted, which is repentance from Nineveh. Now, with Jonah's change of heart in chapter 2, with his his following out the Lord's command in chapter 3, we would expect that Jonah's reaction would be celebration. It all worked out, but it's not. What we just read in chapter 4 is that Jonah became angry, displeased, furious that Nineveh repented. He sat removed from the city, and he watched and hoped for the city's destruction. And when that destruction did not come, he moved his fervor into this display and his anger into this displeasure over being uncomfortable. And the book ends with what we read with God asking Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry? About The plant in other words is it right for you to be angry about something so insignificant just this thing that you're angry with me about you being uncomfortable and Jonah responds to God astonishingly of course it's right for me to be angry. I'm angry enough to die. And then God says don't you see this city is made of people that I care about. Why don't you care about these people that I care about instead of being so angry about um your comfort all right let me bring some application into the real world in a way that i feel it is so necessary for us to pray city church um if you are anything like me you're engaging um you know all kinds of different viewpoints on systemic racism and you're You know, you're watching one video and then there's a guy that deconstructs that video and then there's a guy that'll deconstruct the deconstructor's video and he'll tell you why these statistics actually mean this is true and these statistics actually mean this is true and these statistics actually mean this is true. true. What I find in a lot of the back and forth with the statistical analysis as to what really is the problem here or what really is the solution here is that we missed God's care for people. We start to get angry, not really about what is the right or wrong thing to do. What we start to get angry about is whether or not we have been made uncomfortable by someone else's point of view, much like Jonah with the plant. And so what we lose is an empathy and a care for people that God cares about. What we lose is if, if it suits us to talk about looting and rioting, If that suits our worldview to confront looting and rioting, then we confront looting and rioting. If it suits our worldview and it suits our not having to move to not focus on looting and rioting, rather to focus on systemic injustice and let's just focus on this and and let's not discuss this other thing and I don't want to hear that viewpoint, then we will stick with that because we can get angry about that because it, We don't want our comfort disrupted. We just, we want to be angry. And it's just like Jonah was here. And God comes to us and says, are you really angry? Yes, I'm angry enough to die. Yes, I'm angry enough to die. And God comes back and says, you're losing the point to Jonah. You're missing the picture. You have divided yourself into, in this case, it is ethnicity. It is Jew and Gentile. Is or, or even it's, it's Jonah, a people who has been hurt by the Ninevites. The Ninevites were a very, very vicious people. So Jonah's people have been hurt by the Ninevites. And God says, do you have a right to be angry? And he says, yes, I do. I am angry enough to die. Now let's overlay what we know about Jesus with this. When Christ died, was it out of his anger? No. Did Christ die outside of the city as, as Jonah sits outside of the city? Jonah sits outside of the city at a higher place, judging the city, waiting for its destruction. When Jesus went outside of the city at its put, he was crucified for the city. Jesus did not die in anger, he died in compassion. Jesus did, Jesus did not say, I'm angry enough to die. Jesus says, I love you enough to die, which is exactly what Yahweh, God here, comes in and brings to Jonah's attention. It is, how can you be angry enough to die? How can you be so angry about your own comfort that you don't see people made in the image of God and want to die for them? Jonah ends, uh, the book of Jonah ends in a cliffhanger. God asked Jonah this question, and then it ends. There is no space for Jonah's reply. We don't know what happened to Jonah. We do know what happened to the Ninevites. You can actually read in um, the prophet Nahum is directed toward the Ninevites, and it seems like the Ninevites' repentance is short-lived, as much as I can remember. The Ninevites' repentance is short-lived and they go back to their evil ways or at least some of them do. Jonah, I like to think and it seems to me the fact that it seems that Jonah is the one who wrote this book, that Jonah is writing this book because he is willing to expose his sinful ways because he has met the God who justifies him and makes him righteous. And... Just note by the fact that Jonah in this book does not make himself out to be the hero, but makes himself out to be the goat. Just think about the truth of what we are called to. And in recognizing other human beings in the image of God, it's probably going to mean that you don't get to be the hero that you don't get to be the center of the story. In fact, it's probably going to mean that you are going to have to confront your own sin, expose your own sin, confess your own sin, and the story you write from it is going to be is going to be about your sin and about God's compassion. We are missing that now. We are missing that every time we try to fight a story with statistics. I'm not saying there's not absolute truth. I'm not saying there's not something to get down to. I'm saying we, by and large, as a country, we have a defensive posture. We have the Jonah that Jonah is writing about and not the Jonah that is writing. You understand the distinction there? There is the Jonah that is writing the book, reflecting on himself, willing to expose himself for the sake of his God and for the sake of others. And then there's the Jonah that is in the story, which is the very opposite, the one who sits outside the city who is angry enough to die, not loving enough to die for. City church, if we are going to be salt, if we are going to be light, if we are going to speak truth and be taken seriously in this time of turmoil and death and injustice, We cannot defend our individual point of views without listening to God and to one another. We cannot sit outside of the city angry enough to die. We must enter the city and be willing to expose our own sins, confess our own sins of racism or whatever else. It is imperative. It is scary. It is vulnerable, but it is imperative. And City Church, because we know Christ who died for our sins, that we are not condemned for our sins, we don't have to be afraid of our sins as we confess them. We don't have to be afraid that we lose the higher ground. We have all we need for life and godliness. We are righteous. We are members of the family of God. Our brother is Christ who has died for us. We have the favor of God. There is nothing that can take that away from us. So we need not be afraid of looking foolish as we pursue righteousness and justice, as we pursue holiness, as we pursue being a city set on a hill to help others find Jesus. So let's pray in that direction that we would be the Jonah who writes and not the Jonah who is written about by the Jonah who writes. We would be the ones who are willing to expose sin in our stories and not the ones willing to look down on others in their sin. Let's be silent together. Our Father, you have not called us to something easy, you have called us to something difficult. You have called us to something costly. You have called us to something that includes pain. It includes looking at our sin that's not very nice. It means disruption in our lives. Repentance means disruption, confession means disruption. And yet, it is a holy disruption that leads to holiness, fullness, righteousness, beauty, the kind of beauty that you call us to in the Sermon on the Mount, that we will be a city on a hill, salt of the earth. Especially as we deal with and look for our own racial biases, especially as we deal with and look towards um, solutions towards injustice, especially as we deal with our own sort of blind going along with whatever tribe we feel like we belong to that overprioritize that, that, that uh, overshadows our belonging to you. Heavenly father, we know that that will be painful, but we trust that there will be a good fruit as we agree with you about what sin is. And as we receive and acknowledge your love for us, that you died for us to forgive us. Thank you that you were not angry enough to die, but that you were loving enough to die. And may now make us, as we imitate Christ, make us loving enough to die for those people that you care about. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.